Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to one lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. It's been a long time coming, but opening day is finally here for the Colorado Rockies. On this week's episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, we connect with Patrick Saunders, Rockies beat writer for the Denver Post. Any surprises on the opening day roster? Who's going to be the DH? Who's going to be in center field? Can the bullpen hold up? What's the starting lineup going to look like? The speculation begins right after this on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. Well, Manny, that long-awaited opening day is finally upon us. It was a long time coming, longer offseason than anybody anticipated, but it's finally here and the Rockies, ironically, based on what we thought was going to be an awful offseason, actually now are kind of trending the other direction. And things are kind of looking hopeful. Do you share in that optimism? <clears throat> yeah. Um, optimism, that word, uh, yes. quote unquote. Optimism. With, and Colorado Rockies, same breath. That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I would go that far. I, I, I mean, but I think that uh, as, I've, as we've talked about on this, on this uh, podcast before, uh, Bill Schmidt's and Bill Schmidt, in my opinion, has made some good moves with the, mm-hmm. particularly with the extensions. Um, mm-hmm. He's getting good value. Um, you know, every, these things are won and lost in hindsight, but he's getting good value with this. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, um, he's done well with that. The Chris Bryant thing, again, it's the jury's out on that one for me un, until they, yeah. we're not going to know about whether that's going to be, um, that would have been a good move for, for years, not, not months, years. So, Okay. Um, but Fair. overall, I think that the, that Schmidt has done a pretty good job with what he had to work with, and uh, that's a good sign for the Rockies. Let's bring in our special guest, Patrick Saunders from the Denver Post, covers the Rockies like a blanket for the Denver Post. Um, Patrick, you spent a lot of time down in Arizona. You watched this team. You watched the roster as it initially walked on the field get much better from some off-the-field stuff that happened during spring training. Yeah, Mark, I'm glad you didn't say uh, Patrick covers a team like a wet blanket. I'm glad you didn't say that. No, that's Manny's um, job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, piggybacking on what Manny just said, 
Uh, I think when we say optimistic about the Rockies, given what we've been through with this team since they last made the playoffs in 18, I guess optimism, you have to set the parameters, right? Fair. Yep, exactly. I'm, I'm very optimistic that this can be a better team, certainly than it was uh, 2019, 2020, or even last year when they won 74. I think Vegas has them at 69 and a half wins this year, somewhere around there. They're, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna win more than that. I think, as Manny mentioned, I I really really like some of the things Bill Schmidt has done. Uh, surprised me a little bit. I didn't. I I, I got to admit it. I'm on the record saying that uh, I thought the Rockies should have gone outside the organization and stirred things up. In the long run, I think maybe that's still the case. But Bill Schmidt certainly has a vision of what he wants to see from this team and this organization. I think, uh, you know, I've written that a couple of times and suffered the wrath of the fans for doing so, but I, but I believe that's true. But to your basic point, Mark, I, I think um, certainly this lineup and this bullpen and this rotation still has some issues, no question about it. Oh, yeah. The lineup specifically, the game plan from Bud Black and Bill Schmidt from day one at the end of the last offseason was to make this more powerful lineup. And they did. Chris Bryant signing, uh, the Gretchik signing, and the hope that some of the guys on the roster will have bounced back years, even though they've lost Trevor Story. So overall, the lineup they have on the field heading into Friday's opener against the Dodgers, in my mind, has a chance, and emphasis on has a chance, to be more dangerous, certainly than it was last year, because last year was a disaster offensively. Hey, Manny, um, one thing they've done, the Rockies have done, that should please you, is they seem to be now putting more emphasis on analytics. They've formed an analytics department, and they're not just guys who do laundry. They're actually analytics guys, right? Um, and I know that's something you've championed for a long time. That's a positive sign for the organization moving forward, is it not? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, again, uh, I like how Patrick put it. you got to set your parameters. Uh, the right. bar wasn't very high. Um, so... Yeah. I think that you have to look at it that way. And, and it was one of the, my closers from a past podcast where I put, they're moving, right? They're not standing right. still. Yep. They're moving. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And so I think that's about as much as you can say about it so far, because, you know, this off season was going to tell us a lot about this team. And I think it's, it's told us a positive story overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they still, they're still Martians to the rest of baseball because they just like, what? You know, I mean, <laughs> Arnado story, and then you break the bank for our, uh, Chris Bryant. And we know better than that, I guess, because we know that this has been a Dick Monfort. Uh, right. tar- he's been a Dick Monfort target for, for a long six, time. Yeah. Would have traded Arnado straight up night, for him. Yep. Draft yep. night on, yep. uh, you know, 2013. So, um, and he checks all the boxes of what the Rockies have typically ever wanted from a guy, mm-hmm. yep. you know, personality, um, slugger, you know, just yep. the, the, the 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 golden boy i think dick Martin yeah. got his golden boy now the question is can can that really make a big impact and i'll i'm i'm curious to see what happens with the road splits honestly with with, with him because we don't really get often get a chance to see a guy come in here in prime in his prime yeah. from outside the organization to have to deal with that so that'll be true patrick let's talk about the makeup of the final roster um any surprises for you or, or is this pretty much the roster you thought they'd head north with pretty close Pretty close. Um, the one guy I think surprised me a little bit uh, was Ty Block, the Regis Jesuit yep. kid. Yep. 
uh, lefty long reliever, I believe is the role. Given what he's been through, Tommy John a couple of years ago, the numbers, the basic numbers didn't look good. I was a little surprised he made his way onto the 28-man roster. We'll see what happens May 1st when they have to go back to 26. Um, truthfully, I thought uh, Jonathan Daza might be in trouble. He's out of options. Uh, he's the best outfielder, pure yes. outfielder that they have. That's yep. a terrific arm. He's a really fine outfielder. Yep. But offensively, he's been a black hole. But he had a really good spring. I mean, a really good spring. Now, whether that transfers or not, I don't know. But if you had asked me two weeks ago if there was a chance, uh, you know, he would no longer be on the 40-man, I would have said there was a chance. Uh, but he came through, and kudos to him for doing that. I'm trying to think who else might have been a surprise for me. And I can't really think of a huge surprise because a bullpen is always so fluid anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. And we know those guys are probably going to bounce back and forth uh, as it is, depending on performance. So I think Ty block would probably be my one big surprise at this point. And how about you? Anything stand out that uh, you think they should have done or didn't do? No, <clears throat> not really. I mean, I was asked about by somebody else uh, uh, today about, you know, who, who I was surprised with or who, 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 had a good showing. I mean, honestly, uh, it wasn't really a surprise all that much, but Tovar, Ezekiel Tovar, Tovar was really good. Right. And, um, you know, there was no way he's going to make that team, no. but it, 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 he, I mean, his stock is only going up yep. and what he did in the, in, in cactus league play, that's, you know, and also with the bat too, not just with, I mean, we talked to, to Jim Callis on here, you know, months ago about yep. who he was yep. like in the Arizona fall league. And he's like, man, that Tovar kid. Yep. Um, you know, really look good. And, uh, and he was talking about the defense and defense is there, but also the, the bat, he showed the bat too. And, you know, Eli Harris Montero has always been a kind of a, an interesting guy too, because he's, he's, he's another one of those guys from the Arnado trade and, you know, Gomber so far has made good. Um, and, and Montero is uh, he's been tearing it up everywhere he's gone. Um, and so I think that's going to be really interesting to watch in the future, but as far as the roster, um, I don't think there's any specific surprises that I could point to. I, I would, I think that, you know, they're, I, I don't think they left anybody off that they should have brought with them. I think this is the team that's probably, you know, what, what we, what we are anticipating so far is probably what um, is about right. Patrick, we knew, we pretty much knew who the starting four rotation was going to be with Gomber being the fourth guy. Who's going to be the fifth starter and is Ty Block going to get a shot at that? Well, let me backtrack real quick to, okay, sure. to piggyback on, on uh, what Manny just said. Uh, the, the, the thing that, well, Montero, and I wasn't thinking about the guys who made the roster now, right, right. but Montero did surprise me a little bit. Uh, his approach at the plate, not that he's not big and athletic and strong, but uh, compared to a lot of other guys, he looks like, and I'm not just saying that, people I've talked to have said he looks more advanced uh, than you'd think he would be at this stage in terms of his swing path and how he approaches hitting he's I mean he might make it up this year uh, hmm. mostly as a DH but it would not oh. shock me and then regard to Montero I'd heard out all the glowing things about him too but in person he was bigger and stronger than I thought uh, I thought he was not not, not frail by any means Sorry, everybody but... wants some Patrick Saunders <laughs> everybody wants him. believe it or not that was Thomas Harding of course um, it was yeah of course, was. of course it was <laughs> always bad timing but uh, regarding <laughs> Tovar, when I when I met him and saw him play, 
he was a much more physical shortstop. Okay, Thomas, that's enough. Manny, get on the horn. Tell Thomas to knock it off. I'll talk okay. real fast. Sorry about okay. that. <laughs> so, uh, I thought he was, was busy. Who's going to be the fifth starter? I mean, okay. um, is, is, uh, is that a situation Ty Block might find himself in at some point? Not right now. Uh, Chad Cool, uh, the former pirate, and I hope I have that name correctly oh it's absolutely cool because uh that's that, the pun it's punerific man it's going to be great yeah. in the press box you guys are going to have so much fun with that exactly. one exactly but that is correct right that's yeah. how you pronounce it uh-huh. i think yeah. he everything i've been told uh he is the fifth starter going into the first series well the first two series he wouldn't be scheduled to throw until texas next week despite not having a very good spring uh, he hmm. just got blown up the other day um, now he said it was because he was tinkering with his delivery and all those sorts of things. And yeah, I get that. We hear that mm-hmm. from guys all, all sure. the time, but you know what? His track record isn't that great. Right. right. I mean, really, you know, is he that much better than Chichi Gonzalez? I suppose the Rockies hope so. I mean, yeah. Chichi had his moments, mm-hmm. so we'll see, but for your base, to answer your basic question, um, he's going to be the fifth starter, at least mm-hmm. right now. What about some of the younger guys, Ryan Rollis and Peter Lambert, who's still coming back from an injury? Are, are they projected to be in this picture, at least somewhere down the road? Well, they would have been. I mean, I, I had projected Rollison would be, at some point, would be part of this rotation this year. But hmm. as you guys know, he, you know, yesterday we found oh. out that he's on the 60-day DL now with the shoulder inflammation. That's not good. No, 60 days um, not good. Right? So, I mean, we're looking at – probably half a season for him and then he would have to get stretched out you know and it's bad luck for him too because what last year appendicitis and then he has a freak injury and breaks his hand and only makes a handful of starts and then peter lambert the right hander who did come back last year and Mm -hmm. made two starts he didn't look very good but he was coming back from tommy john so that's to be expected but he's starting out the season on the 10-day IL because he had some pain and inflammation in his elbow and in his forearm. So so the Rockies, in my opinion, their starting rotation, even if it meets expectations, the depth is a huge red flag for me. Lack of depth yep. is a huge red flag for me. One of the, the biggest obstacles facing this team, and I can't tell you how many times Bud Black during spring training would say, I really like our rotation, knock on wood if they stay healthy. I mean, he said that multiple times. But sports people in, in every sport, if we stay healthy, if we stay, if we can stay healthy and teams very, very rarely do. It's how you overcome. The Dodgers are a great example. I mean, they've had great seasons when they lost Kershaw for most, most of the season, but they have somebody to fill in. That's what great teams do. That's what playoff teams do, Manny. Uh, and that is a, a really red flags even being kind of nice because, and it's not just the rotation. They got to have some depth all over the field. If they're going to yeah. be, a and we, I mean, we talked about this with, uh, I think it was, it might've been Thomas, but we, we talked about the, the, the bench, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's the DH now, you know, so it's not like, you know, you're going to rely on the bench as much, but um, so that changes things definitely. But at the same time, it's like what Patrick said is right. The, the pitching staff, one guy goes down and you're yep. in a world of hurt. Yep. Uh, one of your frontline guys Front goes four, down yeah. in a world, world of hurt. And then the bullpen is just like, who knows? I mean, yeah. uh, the, that's the thing. The biggest question mark is really the bullpen because uh, a bullpen is a question mark for most teams most of the time. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's just that's the way it is. But it, for the Rockies, it's just a big, uh, big question mark. And if the bullpen is 
just, I mean, even, even a little better. I mean, there were a lot of games uh, from 21 that, man, I mean, uh, if they weren't just absolutely awful, uh, there, yeah. there's a few, there's another, that, that, that team's nearing 500, yeah. you know, last year. So I think that if they can, if the bullpen is, uh, Somebody asked me today if the, the Diamondbacks were going to be as bad as they were else. I, I don't think it's possible. You know, I think that that's the thing. Like, it's like, you know, the, the law of, you know, I mean, the, the water returns to its level at some point. So you're hoping that for the Rockies that the bullpen was just so bad last year that it can't be as bad, you know. But then again, this is the Rockies. You just can't ever necessarily say it can't be worse, especially in the last few years. So, yeah, the depth is an issue in the starting rotation. It's an issue. On the position side too. I mean, what, I mean, honestly, you know, you you you've added power, which is awesome. I think I've been an advocate of yes, yes, you going have. back to the slugging because yep. this is your ballpark is course field. Stop being afraid of it yep. and just embrace yep. it. You're gonna lose four chalk up 40 losses on the road. It's gonna yep. happen yep. Uh, because of the hangover and because of the the, the breaking ball. And it's win 55 at home. You mm-hmm. got to do it. And so that's a good thing. But depth is an issue. No doubt. How, Patrick, what kind of role might analytics play in helping some of these guys and helping some of these er- problem areas? Uh, will, will, will more information lead to better performances from some of the guys who've been wildly inconsistent in that bullpen? Oh, in the bullpen. Um, yeah. I think it depends who, who the guy is. Uh, I think analytics for relievers uh, can be pretty important, but depending on the guy. For instance, let's go with Daniel Bard. Mm-hmm who I didn't think even a week ago was most likely going to start out the season as a closer. I've since changed my mind. I do think been good. he has He's been good. good. But think about it. Daniel Bard, really, what does he do? He, he throws really hard with a lot of movement on his fastball, and he throws a killer slider to right hand. Last year, lefties ate him up. So I'm wondering, for Daniel Bard, the analytics and knowing who he's facing and knowing those sort of tendencies and all the other analytics stuff, I wonder for a guy like Daniel Bard, is that going to matter as much or is it just a matter for him of execution? Because he's really a two-pitch pitcher, right? He's a slider fastball guy. The analytics for a lot of the other guys, particularly the starters, I think that can play a big role. So I don't know. I don't know about analytics as a whole for this team. We know that, um, and forgive me for if I butcher his name, Scott Van Leighton, Van Leighton, yeah. who came that. over from the National, yeah. you know, he got fired. Yeah. And I still haven't been able to figure out exactly what happened there, other than there was a huge disagreement and there was some sort of internal problem uh, that the Rockies thought he was he wasn't worth keeping around. So the analytics pro the analytics staff for the Rockies is still a, a work in progress, and it's still one of the smaller ones in in baseball. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And and Bill Schmitz, he's still a scouting guy. He's still yes. pretty old school. He likes what he sees. Yep. I'm not saying he turns his back on analytics. He'd be foolish to do so. But Bill Schmidt likes what he sees. Uh, and numbers matter, but not like some other organizations. And, and something that, that really uh, comes into play there is how the numbers get translated to the players. Because the, I think that's a really uh, under- appreciated role that a lot of te- the successful teams have is they have people who can communicate and distill the information and the data down so that guys, you know, some guys are more analytical minded than other guys. That's just how that's the nature of it. But, you know, to, to distill it down so that whoever you are working with in that particular situation can digest it, understand it, get it, and then apply it um, and put it into, into practice is a huge, huge deal. And I don't know that the rock, you know, I don't know enough about this staff to know if they have that, that person or people that can do that, because that's a, you know, 
data, big data is big data and it's, you know, it's a foreign language uh, to a lot of people. So you especially, gotta, especially kids coming up from the minors who haven't had much of it at that at yeah. those lower level. So you've, you've got it. You've got to be able to trans sure. translate into something they can understand and, and chew on and get. And I don't know, you know, that's going to be a big part of it. We'll see what happens with that, with this team, but successful teams have had that, the Braves, uh, yep. the Dodgers. I mean, the, the, these the are teams, the, sure. the, Gi- the Giants yeah, too. Yeah. These are teams that have that, person or people that that the go-to person or people that could take that information and translate it into something that's patrick how many designated hitters are on this roster now wow you know as buddy black has said multiple times um he didn't use the word revolving door but that's kind of what he animated let me let's count uh connor joe yes for sure that fits mm-hmm. him probably best you'd see him doing that charlie blackman without question we'll have to see how charlie does in right field i mean we already see, we've Charlie seen Charlie to death, but we've yeah, he's going to be 36 on July. Yeah. You know, he, he finished spring training up really well. He had three hits today, had a couple of homers, did okay. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Charlie yeah. Blackman is not fleet of foot in right field. No. So so there's two. You can see C.J. Crone doing it sometimes mm-hmm. uh, with Connor Joe filling in at first base. Uh, I suppose they could give Chris Bryant a day off now and again just use his bat and put say Daza in left or, yeah. or Connor Joe in left on occasion, you know, buddy said the other day, and it was interesting. Uh, he said his parameters would be deciding who's going to be the DH for that particular game. Uh, it would be left, right matchups. It would be the individual hitters history against the starting pitcher from the other team. It would be a who's hot and who's not. And one of the other, uh, criteria would be you know who needs to get in there and get some at bats and who needs a day off so i'm thinking those are pretty much the parameters that buddy laid out uh they're they're definitely not going to be a uh a, a cruising or a tease type yeah, of dh say. situation uh, they don't have the luxury of doing that in my opinion it seems like it seems like if that's you know with you going with the matchups and everything you're going to see mostly right-handed pitchers so that that puts the the spotlight on charlie Huffman. yeah and then uh, there may be some hesitancy for Blackman to agree to not be out there um, in right field. But, you know, Blackman has profiled as a DH for years now. Yes. And uh, it, it's actually a great thing for the mm-hmm. DH to come to nationally for that reason for mm-hmm. him. But I don't know that he sees it that way. But mm-hmm. um, if it's going to be matchups, yeah. you're going to face mostly right-handed uh, guys. That... You can get Charlie out there every time you see a lefty but uh, and to right, put him out in right field and have somebody else get you know, and that helps you def- that helps whatever. you defensively. And we, as we've talked about numerous times, the good yeah. successful Rockies teams have been great, great on defense. One thing and, Bud Black can do, though, I think is he's he's very good at maneuvering these types of deals. Uh, and true. I think that I think he's going to and and, you know, he's a good communicator. I, I yep. wonder if he can get Charlie to, to get on board with, hey, mostly we're going to have you, you know, out of everybody. I mean, it's not going to be you know, 80, 20, 80, right. 80, 10, 10, but maybe we can go 60 percent with you and then. Yeah fill in the rest you know you know it's it's interesting guys that you bring this up because right before we started our our uh, podcast here i was finishing about my mailbag and i had a a reader a fan asked me what are the biggest challenges facing bud black this season which i thought was a terrific question and i can't remember if that the charlie blackman scenario was my number one but it was there yep and the idea that and we all know Charlie, he works out like a maniac. He takes so much pride in what he does. Bud Black is going to have to deal with mm-hmm. the Charlie Blackman aging veteran situation. Yep. Wait a minute. I got to do this. I but that's do this. what they made I, the DH on. for. Mark, 
Mark, no, I, I agree. I got it. I got it. I got to do this okay. right now. Right. Ancestral bones. Oh my God. Was that incredible? <laughs> Mark, I don't know if you saw his bailback from last week, no. but there was this question in there. Oh, this, this, this guy. And yeah, the only ahead, reason man. Patrick apparently printed it was because it was so good. It was just so funny because the guy, the guy, the guy <laughs> referred to Blackman's ancestral bones. <laughs> And he's like, uh-huh. and 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 I think, and I think, I think Patrick, his response was like one line, like I'm not even going to answer this ridiculous. And then he said, ancestral bones? And question mark. Well, what I did normally for my mailbag, I know we're going off topic here. I get, I would say, a good thirty percent, thirty three percent of the so called questions I get are essentially rants for my yeah. rate fans. Sure. And typically, I just delete them. Right. But this one was so colorful and so Epic. ridiculous, and and I I kind of kind of made fun of the reader, the fan, a little bit. But he yes, he referred to Charlie Bone, Charlie Blackman's ancestral bones, and I was like, I have to print this. Yeah, that's okay. It takes all kinds out there, don't it? All right, let's talk about the center field position, Patrick, because that was a hot topic when you and I were together. The one game I was down there for this year. Um, Scam Hillier hit a home run that day. If you remember, opposite field, not even a great swing. Just he's just that powerful. Hit out to opposite field. I don't see how. I mean, that was before Grichik was on the on the squad. But that guy is such a specimen and such a. I mean, he can do so many amazing things. Is there a way they can't put him on the field? Are you talking about Sam Hilliard? Yeah. Well, yeah, they can't put him on the field if he's going to strike out 36, 38 percent of the time. Right. You know, that's that's such. You know, everything you said about Sam Hilliard is true. He's fast. He's big. He's athletic. He can play center field. He's got a good glove. He's got a, you know, a plus arm. He's, you know, he's fast on the bases, everything. He's got natural power, but he has got to cut down the strikeouts and he's got to put the ball in play in today's game. I don't know if you guys saw it, the cactus league finale. uh, He hit a, a sack fly to deep left center, I think. And he came back to the bench and Bud Black immediately went over to him and, Gave him a way to go, boy, because I'm sure Bud Black was trying to tell him, hey, that's a productive at bat. Exactly. You didn't hit a home run, you didn't hit a double in single, but you got a runner home. That's what they need from him. In the ideal world, your center fielder is Sam Hilliard. And Grichik and right. Huh? And Grichik playing right field. Yes. Charlie DH. But, but Sam Hilliard has not proven even this spring that he won't strike out in key situations. I saw him strikeout looking at least twice with men on base during spring. And I looked in the dugout one time and I saw Buddy just shake his head. Uh, yeah. And Sam Sam was pissed off at himself too. He's got a ways to go. They've tinkered with his swing. They've done a lot of things. Uh, and I don't know, guys, Manny, maybe you know. I don't know if it's pitch recognition. I don't know if it's mechanics of that big, long swing, which they've tried to shorten. I, think, I mean, I think, I think it might – I think it's probably a mix of both because yeah. – one thing about him, six five, two thirty six. He's he's Larry Walk. He's built like Larry Walker, but he's got three inches on him, and he can run like Larry Walker. And it's like, man, and he's got an arm, and he's just. I mean, you look at the guy, and he is to the. Uh, he is like to me, although a different type of hitter or a type of player. He's like Billy Hamilton. You look at Billy Hamilton in that speed, and you're like, man, the guy has almost four hundred steals in his career, and his OBP, his his OPS, his, his career OPS is like six seventy. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, if this guy could get on base, man, what a terror he would be. You know, I mean, if he could, I mean, you're not expecting him to be Ricky Henderson, but man, boy, could he do some things for a team. 
And Sam Hilliard's like that in the power hitter department. It's like, man, this guy, if, I mean, when he, when he connects, the ball goes 480 feet. And it's like, this is, if this guy could just cut, all you got to do is cut down on the strikeouts. Really, that's just one thing. And like pitch recognition has got to be a big deal, a big part of it. And also, you know, um, he's standing, I wonder if he's standing a little more upright now or there's, there's a, there's a difference there in his stance. Now I I know they're working on, they've been working on that this last off season and, you know, you can't really tell all that much, I guess, in three weeks of spring or whatever, but so far it's, there's not, it's not encouraging, right? It's not, you're not seeing any sort of major difference. And getting Grichik, we talked about it last week on the podcast. When you get, bring Grichik in here, it's kind of like, all right, Sam, you know, we're not yep. going to wait right around for you forever. We've right. got our, we've got a veteran who can, who can pop twenty five homers a year and play center field. So, both you guys, when you're at Coors Field, are, are known to take a picture of the lineup card and ship ship it out to the rest of us who aren't down there, right? So, Patrick, if you're taking a picture of the lineup on Friday, what's it going to look like? Oh, great question. Okay, um, I think Charlie will certainly play in right field and will lead off unless I assume I, I don't know who the Dodgers are starting. I assume it's Bueller. Yeah. I would think Bueller. Yeah. Okay. So Charlie would be uh, leading off in right field. Ugh, boy, after that, I'm thinking they might go, buddy might go with Chris Bryant in the second That's spot. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I could see that left, right uh, in left field. God, you want your best hitter in the third spot. Mm-hmm. Manny, help me out here. Well, is that Brendan, um, Brendan Rogers? Well, yeah, I mean, or Brandon could hit second as well. So, right. So, yeah, may, yeah flip flop one of those two. I think McMahon's going to hit third because um, you get the left, right, left. I mean, right. it, that's, I mean, it doesn't have to be that way, but I would imagine it would go something like Blackman, Bryant, McMahon, Rogers, or McMahon, Crone. And I guess you'd be hit Rogers. I, I think, I think Rogers profiles better probably as a number two guy, but it's, but you could flip flop Rogers and, um, even if you wanted to keep going with the left, right, left deal, you could flip flop Rogers and Bryant. I mean, there's a lot of things you could really do. Now that you think about it, there's a lot of things you could do with that lineup um, more than maybe we thought, <laughs> you know, coming into this because so, yeah, if you're facing a right hand pitcher, I guess you'd go Blackman, Bryant, because your best hitter now, you know, it, 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 there, there are two schools of thought on that. There's the number three and there's now, now they're increasingly popular notion of number two, because you get that extra, extra at you bat. Get that extra at bat yeah. per game. Yep. But so if you go with number two, you can say Bryant number two, and then you could go McMahon, uh, Crone, Rogers. Who's see, I could see Crone hitting cleanup. That's where I've got him. Yeah. 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 Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. So I've got I've got Blackman to lead off. Then we got Bryant. Then we got McMahon. So you got your left, right, left. Then you got right again with Crone cleanup. Then you got right. Brendan Brendan Rogers. That breaks that up. But Brendan Rogers fifth, and then Grichik uh, six. Grichik. Yeah, and then uh, you've got down to Diaz and uh, right. who's, who's that? Probably, who's... probably, probably Connor Joe would be your DH. Yeah, so probably Connor seventh. Joe would hit he would hit seventh, and then Diaz eight. Well, no, I I put Diaz I put I put Diaz seven, and I put Connor Joe eighth, um, and then probably Iglesias nine, uh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, Iglesias nine. Yeah, yeah. that's about that sounds about right. <clears throat> Iglesias figure... obviously obviously is going to be in a fixture in the nine hole, just like Blackman's going to be a fixture at leadoff. But what you just the lineup you guys both just described. Kind of goes against the whole lefty righty thing with Blackman not DHing against the left a righty and Connor Joe a right handed hitter is the DH against a right handed pitcher. So you're right; he's got a lot of yeah, things but, he can maneuver around. But but, well, but it is if it, but it a, is opening day too, right? Yeah, right. And right. Yep. I, there's no way Charlie Blackman. I don't think. Well, that's the thing. It's like Charlie's. <laughs> you, you, if you if you had your way, you'd probably have him a DH, but he'd be like, no way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. You know, for opening right, day. Yeah. 
Yeah, down the road, and they faced Walker Bueller down the road, sure. But on opening day, uh, Charlie Blackman, who's basically the last star standing, right? Uh, there's no way Buddy Black's not going to start him in right field. We know Kyle, Kyle Freeland's getting the baseball. What's the, how's the rest of the rotation shape up after that? Is Mark well, Marcus uh, number two and Cincinnati three? Yeah, that's how it lines up for the Dodgers series. Okay. Right. Uh, Buddy Black mentioned that today. So we start with Kyle Freeland on Friday against the Dodgers. Five years after, almost five yeah. years to the day. Yeah, exactly. After he made his debut against the Dodgers at Coors Field. Home opening day. And he home, opener. And he home opener, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. then you go with Hermann Marquez uh, on Saturday. You go with uh, Sensatella on Sunday. You go to Texas on Monday, and that would be Gomber. And then Cool would pitch Tuesday. And then I believe they have an off day. And are they so, going to see John Gray in Texas? Probably not. No, miss, he's miss the Gray. opening day starter for the Rangers. What's going to happen, the way these things generally work, is he's going to start on opening day. He's going to go seven innings, give up a run on three hits. Uh, the Texas Rangers are going to No, no, no. And, he's going to have Rockies. He's going to have Rockies are going to no. be sitting on their hands. He's gonna and, he's gonna go he's gonna have a shutout into the fifth and give up six runs in the fifth inning. Like no he man, I, no he's gonna but be he dominant. No, no, he's not. He's gonna be okay, dominant. Let me, this is how it works for the Rockies. This no, is just I'm, okay. gonna, I'm uh, gonna share I'm gonna share something with you guys. Okay. And I am not gonna tell you who the person is okay. that I asked this question to. Okay. I was in spring training when the word came down that John Gray was gonna be the opening day starter for the Rangers. And I said, so what do you think about John Gray as the starter? And this individual rolled their eyes, basically said, good luck with that. Yep, I totally the meaning, concur. The meaning behind it, nothing disparaging about John Gray, the person right. or the talent. Right. But John Gray, under pressure until he proves himself. Here, here. I'm here. sorry, guys. Very well said. Very well said. You know what? I mean, until he does it yep. on the big stage in the big moments, he's always going to have that stigma. The guy with the great stuff who probably should have been a number one but it's almost always going to be a three or a four yep. because right. the big moments, you know, we all remember what happened in the wild card game in mm-hmm. Arizona. We yep. remember what happened against the nationals in 18 that Saturday when if they win that game, they win the division and they knock the Dodgers off the pedestal. You know, I, right. I love Johnny to death, but you're a little right. bit of stage. I, right remember, yep. you're I right. remember asking, asking buddy, you know, the last start of the season for gray last year when we thought, okay, maybe this will be the last one. Um, as a Rocky and I asked him, has he fulfilled that promise or that potential? And he said, if you, if you, something like, if you, you know, put him side by side with a lot of his contemporaries, he was pretty good. And my, my question then in the gamer that night was, was pretty good enough for this this arm, for this, for what this guy was projected to be. I I agree with what Patrick said. Good luck with that. They grossly overpaid for a fourth fourth starter, in my opinion. And, and I'll make throws I'll, a note when he throws a no hitter. Yeah, you're, right, you're right. <laughs> what was it? Four years, fifty six. Yes, it was ridiculous. I will make a prediction right here. The Rangers finished last in the American League West. That's wow. I'm going out on a limb wow. there, right? Going out on a limb there, right? Uh, wait, wait, wait. They uh, lost behind the A's. Yeah, the A's I mean, find a way to the, win. The A's have a thirty-one million dollar payroll, or something. Has that been? Has that stopped them in the past? They find ways. They just do. Now they lost Bob Miller. Uh, I'll give you that. They lost. It'll Bob stop Miller. them this year. The oh, A's are. You might, be, you might yeah. be right. That would be good for baseball if it happened the way you said it, because yes, that's <laughs> not what the A's are doing, and, and what the Orioles are doing is bad for baseball. But nonetheless, we'll see how it all pans out. Hey guys, we're just excited to have Opening Day finally. Uh, hopefully, we can all enjoy it. Uh, good weather on is forecast and we'll see what happens opening day sometimes patrick sometimes sets the tone for the whole season it didn't last year they beat the dodgers and then they beat the dodgers what five times the rest of the season 
Um, so it didn't, but sometimes it does. We'll see what happens this time around. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, opening day, uh, I've been to other cities for Rockies openers because yeah. um, the Rockies typically their home opener is right. about two right. series into the season. And I don't know if I've ever been around a, a city that has turned opening day into what a combination of carnival, Mardi Gras, yeah, right. Animal House, and <laughs> well whatever else. I mean, it's it's insane. And I, I think it's incredible. It's yeah, wonderful. It's and, I, and boy, I tell you what, Lodo, the ballpark district, they need a shot in the arm. No doubt. So no doubt. Friday will be great for them. Nice weather. And, you know, let's let's and on a Friday, too, that's here, guys. Too. Yeah. And let's be honest here, guys, as, as people who cover this team and and know the players and Bud Black and the individuals as a as a sports writer and so-called journalist, I suppose. I don't root for teams. I'm not supposed to. I root for the story. However, covering a Rockies winner is better for no, anybody. No doubt. My, you know, no my doubt. clicks go up. Yep. I get more readers. The, you know, the bars and Lodo. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's more fun. And, and, yep. and shameless plug, uh, Patrick and I and uh, and some others will be on a panel on uh, Friday morning at, at Wincoop uh, Brewery huh? at, at, I think, 830. Get down there, like guys. Start drinking at so, 830. It's a party. It's a, it's a holiday. It's a holiday. Oh, that's Mark said that. I didn't. It's a stay there. Be there because we're going to talk Rockies and, right. and this season. It's always a uh, it's always Patrick. Fun. Patrick, thank you very much. We're about to wrap it up, man. You got a closer. All right, we'll be back right after this. Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. We're back right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. Two words, and they're two of the best words you'll ever hear uttered. Opening day. We're just one day away from opening day across Major League Baseball and two days away from the opener at Coors Field between the Rockies and Dodgers. Hope springs eternal, as they say, during spring training, but now it gets real. Getting real for the Rockies has been a dicey proposition the past few seasons. Will it be that way again in 2022? I'm thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of 78 and 84 for this team in 22, but as we all know, predicting baseball is almost as dicey a proposition as the Rockies have been since 2019. Whatever happens, there is no day quite like opening day, so enjoy it. Watch all the baseball you can and rejoice that our great game is once again underway with the regular season. One thing that is certain about the Rockies is this. They're not boring. They might be confusing, like really confusing. Seriously, though, they're, they're really confusing. But they're not boring. How will the starting rotation perform? Because at their best, the first four guys in that group, Marcus, Freeland, Sanzatella, and Gomber, are pretty good. How will the lineup fare? I don't think it's hard to imagine it being, be- it being better than 2021, but the bar isn't exactly high there. What about the biggest question mark of this team, the bullpen? Not even going to venture a guess with that one. But that's why they play the games, and that's why we watch them. So come Friday, celebrate opening day 2022 for the love of baseball. Just because it isn't a national holiday, though it should be, doesn't mean you can't treat it like one. There are beautiful words opening day, and it's a rite of spring that we should all relish together. 
Manny's final tune-up appearance of the spring. Next time, it's for real. Opening day has arrived, and it's finally time to start talking about regular season baseball. Thanks to our special guest, Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post, for helping us break down the roster and what could lie ahead. And thank you for taking in another episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Hope you'll keep us in your lineup. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.